It's the Tiltcast episode 485. It's Wiggly. And this week, guys, we talk more Final Fantasy XIV, more Back for Blood, and Disciples Liberation. Stay tuned. That cheese moves off the plate. Ah. Okay. Wow. The uh, the no can opening. It's the tilt cast. Oh yeah. Mm. Your can didn't come through. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I am sleepy. I mean rusty. And it's an M-rated show. And with the three of us, you're gonna get some amount of times worth of bullshit. Oh shit. Some games, some news. It is October twenty third at. 9.07 p.m. Central Time. Thunderstorms on the horizon. Um, we're Ooh. back. More thunderstorms. Yay. Yeah. I think there were some last night. Helped me sleep. It's great. Um, been an interesting week. I was going to see... Rusty's here on very little sleep. Very, very little sleep. Um... Jason, what have you been up to? Not much, man. Uh, basically, uh, eat, sleep, work, and then I was out of the house most of the day. day. So, left at 6 a.m., got home about 30 minutes ago. Damn. That sounds hideous. Yeah. It was, it was pretty brutal. Not gonna lie. Ugh. Things you can talk about or not? Hey, it was. I had to go into work for a few hours, and then we had uh, basketball. Ah. All day. So. All day long. Fun times. Fun times. I mean, life of a parent. Pretty much. You know how you fix that? I mean, not fix that. I guess that would be really terrible. Um, um, how you just uh, avoid that? (laughs) Wow. That got dark. I got all murdery there for a second. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you just stay single, to- totally single. You'll be perfectly fine. You just get no sleep because uh, your 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 brain does weird things. Huh. You know, I used to fucking give people shit for uh, for having like weird and anxiety moments. I will never do that ever again. It's a. Uh, it happens. It's a. It's a thing. You know, you have worries about worries about worries about worries, man. And it's um. Yeah, it really affects your sleep. Yeah, don't worry. Be happy doesn't really work. You know what, man? If I could go back to those days, I'd tell that guy that I was back then to buy Bitcoin and never worry again. Um. <laughs> I mean, right. the fun stuff I'm doing right now is working on refinancing my house. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, rates are low. Uh, Makes adulting. sense. Adulting. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you can refinance if you already have the house, but getting into a house, eh, it's a different story. Getting into a house right now is near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Just about everywhere. Um, It was even talking to somebody who was looking for a house, and they have been looking for a rental house now for two months. Um, Oh, and they're in fry numbers. Well, they're in an apartment now with five animals. They found an apartment, but it's they're in an apartment with five animals. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's a pretty full apartment. With five animals. Holy crap. Yeah, I think they I got can, three cats and two dogs. I, can, I can't I even can imagine. Barely. Imagine just an apartment with Lola. She'd just be bored out of her mind. I, I could barely keep myself straight, let alone have a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of other animals in, in there. I, Speaking of animals, um, of course, Lola comes up a lot on this show. She's not being rambunctious because I'm the only one here. Um, today, I don't think it was a bad one, but, you know, I let her out in the morning as I do. And um, she comes flying ass back in the house. I always crack the door and she pops the door open with her head. And she has something in her mouth. And I was like, oh, fuck, what do you got in your mouth? It's like, that looks a lot like a mushroom. It's like, you need to drop that right now. So I go there to grab it out of her mouth, which she does not like. If I pull food out of her mouth, she gets really mad. Uh-huh. Instead of growling at me and trying to nip me, she threw her head back with the little whatever it was. It looked like a piece of a mushroom and just swallowed it whole. Jeez. And then looked at me and ran right back outside like an asshole. Wow. Wow. Now... Most mushrooms don't take effect immediately, but, you know, there's a lot of symptoms that come with bad mushrooms. Been watching her for all day. She's been a pretty normal dog all day, so I think it wasn't a bad mushroom. But now I'm paranoid every time it rains, I'm going to have to go outside with her and make sure that she's not eating shitty mushrooms. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Now, not a lot of, I don't. I don't know if there's very many mushrooms that, you know, pop up in the yard that would be like a, that bad, but most of them make depends you sick. On the area. But yeah, there's a few like trying to find like poisonous lawn mushrooms or poisonous mushrooms in your yard images is damn near fucking impossible. I spent an hour on Google looking it up today. And well, it was like, okay, so there's the Death cap definitely wasn't a death cap. Didn't look like it. There was the poisonous brown ones. It didn't quite look like that. It, it literally looked like a button mushroom that she had a piece of in her mouth. She, I don't know. I I know that identifying mushrooms on a good day is pretty hard. Um, is pretty stupid. Like, you know, mushrooms are a thing that's uh, that I grew up around. A lot up in you know up in Michigan. In fact, the hometown is uh, has a mushroom festival for for crying out loud, um, because the area just pops morel mushrooms like crazy. Now, the um, 
the uh, the thing is, is during morel season, uh, there are uh, mimic or they're not mimics, but they're they they very very closely mimic the you know size and shape of a morel, but they're not morel mushrooms, uh, and you get pretty damn sick if you eat them. Um, and there's only one way for you to tell, and that is to pick it and then look underneath the cap. Because from the top, they're, they look the same. I've never eaten them. The morale mushrooms are tasty. They're tasty as hell. You know, saute them up with a, you know, and put them on a steak. Mm, so good. So good. But if you get the wrong ones, oh boy. You're in for some shits on a good day. And, yeah, uh, some some other issues on bad days. Um, so even, you know, even just, you know, sight identifying mushrooms takes practice. Lots of practice. You know, like the shit. Those that, are the ones that know, look like little, they got like little brains on top, right? Yeah. The morels. Yeah. They're, they're, they've got. They're a, a nice color of brown, and it's, you know, it looks like the top uh, the top is kind of cone shaped with wrinkles. And uh, man, the the false morels is what we call them. Is the the only difference is underneath the cap. If it is an actual morel, it will go like straight into the stem. So there's a, uh, the, there isn't a cavity underneath the cap. And then, uh, the false morels will have the stem that goes all the way up into the cap. And there's going to be a, a, a gap between the stem and the cap. And that's how I had to learn, like, I had to learn what a false morel looked like. And that was just, like, the first, you know, first time, uh, first time I actually looked at trying to identify a mushroom. There are so many. You know, the only word that my brain comes up with right now is mimics. Um, there's so many different kinds of mushrooms that look very similar that I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to become a what do they call them a mycologist. Actually, I think you're right. I think it is a mycologist. Ah, jeez. My sleep-addled brain actually works every once in a while. Uh, but, yeah, there would be no way I'd be able to, you know, pick out something from a few seconds in a dog's mouth, for crying out loud. So, hopefully it was like a, you know, just a... A, like a, a normal benign toadstool and she's got no problems. Yeah, I mean, I was making sure she didn't have the shakes or was doing anything weird. Yeah. Most of the most of the mushrooms that grow in, in the yards around here are those big white ones. And I'm not even sure whether or not those are bad, but they grow all over. 
the place around here. Yeah, she's she's getting pampered right now. She's got chicken and rice and a bunch of other stuff, but for the most part, she's just been a dog today. Oh, that's good. And now you're going to go out there and be like, all mushrooms must die. Pretty much. Right now, i got to grab her real quick. So, fucking Jason, <laughs> guy, are you done I fucking know, around right? with you? Are you done fucking around with your damn, you know, your damn more, video feed that nobody can see? More like, uh, 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 more like my video feed's about done fucking with me. You're fucking around with OBS on your video feed for uh, for Discord, aren't you? No. Oh, I mean that's how my I got cam- the background. My camera was my camera was uh, messing up. Yeah, well, you you need something better than a potato to actually uh, uh, video encode. It looks like. Well, until I get uh, until I can afford to get. Uh, uh, powered USB extension cables. This is all being done through my Surface. Oh, yeah. Definitely need to have something better than a potato. <laughs> I mean, the Surface does alright for what it is. It's, um... Yeah, I'm getting about two frames a second, so... Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> it makes funny. for some really derpy images on our side. But... The funny part is, uh, it handles uh, Skype video a hell of a lot better than it does OBS and Discord. Well, you're trying even, to even even uh, no, even Discord itself is a little wonky. Eh, look, the sounds is way better than Skype, so. Oh, yeah. No, I just think it's simply trying to do uh, both audio and video on the surface. Yeah. It needs something better than a potato. Discord takes a lot lot of memory resource. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, a lot more than the surface has anyway. Potato. (laughs) Hey. It is good for what it is, and it has done me well since I got it. Years and years ago. (laughs) It is true. Oh, well. I can't really say much. My laptop was over there in the corner. hasn't been turned on since it decided to eat a uh, podcast. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That was a ways back. That we had a, you know, we were recording on that piece of shit laptop, and uh, <laughs> it decided we had a, an entire cast that sounded like uh, robots fucking, and it was really bad. That was a really weird show. <laughs> yeah, I was really disappointed. I, I got real mad. I, I think that happened. We lost the, uh, we lost the podcast, and I, couldn't recover it. It actually sounded worse than robots fucking. It sounded like a Dalek fucking a uh, mouse droid from Star Wars. 
probably yeah, probably close. Exterminate. Um, I, I ended up going out and. Yes. <laughs> I ended up buying all the parts for the uh, for the current machine that's sitting there choking and dying right now in the corner. <laughs> well, the current the... machine's doing okay. There's just something going on with the disk usage, and we don't know what it is. We just need to get a new disk for it, I think. Yep. I think we just need to... It needs an update. It'll happen when uh, parts are going down, which there's a whole lot of things that are happening on the horizon right now to help with that, which we'll go into later. Um, man, I've been in this weird headspace of wanting to cook a lot. So, like, I've been... From ever since coming back from El Paso, I was like, I need to make more keto um, Mexican dishes, right? So, flank steak it was last week, and this week I got a really inexpensive strip steak and made some uh, steak tacos today. Um, I got cilantro, and I didn't really understand how much cilantro I got. I ordered my groceries online. I was like, yeah. I don't know. It was being sold by the item amount, and it ended up being about two pounds of cilantro. Oh, my God. So it looks like a lettuce head full of cilantro that I have right now. Um, Holy shit. So I've got cilantro on fucking everything right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Which I'm okay with. I like cilantro. Uh, my tacos taste very cilantro, though. But Yeah, yeah that's still a fuck ton of cilantro, though. I, yeah. I can't even imagine... See, th- there's a small portion of uh, of humanity that thinks it tastes like soap. It tastes like soap. I am I am part of that small portion of humanity. So if cilantro is in anything, I can detect it. It doesn't necessarily put me off to eating it. Like there's, if it's the main flavor, like for instance. Cilantro rice. Uh, delicious. Um, yeah, so basically that's like taking a big big fork full of uh, of ivory soap to me. Um, it's the main flavor, so therefore that's the only thing that I taste. But if it's in salsa, which it's in most salsa, there is cilantro in most salsa. Um, if it's kind of just like a background note and i actively look for salsas that don't have cilantro in it uh so that it doesn't have you know it's like the the fresh chopped salsa that you see in some uh some stores that's the ones that have the most cilantro in it uh but the stuff that you find that's in jars uh they don't have nearly as much or any yeah. at all. Yeah, I chopped up a shitload. I used it in my red sauce. I used it in my taco marinade that I made. Um, like, I've got all the fucking cilantro. But yeah. it's a very delicious day, if I must say so myself. Um, I mean, if you like cilantro. <laughs> yeah. Cilantro steak, man. Yeah, well, I mean, like, when you're making tacos, like, like you know, I'm trying to, trying to Oklahoma this up. 
So basic steak tacos, right? Like is you might think this is weird, but like soy sauce is part of the recipe. Yeah, I don't see that as too much of a problem. So it's like soy sauce, oil. Um, I'm using New Mexico red chili powder instead of regular chili powder. Um, mashed garlic, you know, like fresh garlic cloves. And uh, you don't need any salt. Um, and that's basically it, to be honest with you. And you just put that in a bag and soak your shit in there for a few hours. And then you pull it out and throw it on a cast iron skillet. And then you let it rest and chop it up. It's pretty good. Don't um, need salt because the freaking soy sauce does all the salt for you. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're making your tacos, <laughs> throw more cilantro on top. Um, some lettuce and onion and some cheese if you want to do cheese. I did red sauce on mine. I'm trying to cut down my dairy. Um, but yeah, some good fucking shit. Um, you say that as I'm sitting here and just eating sharp cheddar. I mean, to each their own. Some Cottage people don't cheese, like to, man. Some, some people don't like to poop. Cottage cheese. That's it's so all about the cottage cheese. I can't even. I can barely stomach cottage cheese. Cottage cheese is nothing more than chunky well, milk. That's literally what it is. It's, it's chunky fucking milk. It's chunky milk. It's delicious chunky milk. Ugh. It is. It is only one step from being like the same kind of stuff that you pour out of a really old carton of uh, of milk. I mean, that's how they make it, uh, right? They just take jugs of milk and throw them out in the sun, right? No, that's not how they make cottage cheese, you that's fool. It, that's what it tastes like to me. I, I do have to say I agree with Justin on this one. Gross. Now, what? that's it. You're terrible. Um, dried cottage cheese as an ingredient for uh, torts and cheesecake and whatnot, pretty damn good. But you're also using sweetener and stuff. Yeah, but uh, that's... I don't even know what that is. I'll pass. It's, it's when you when you take cottage cheese and uh, press it in the cheesecloth until you get just the curds. Yep. <sighs> Not for me, not for me. Mm. Um, I mean, could be worse. He could be eating blue cheese. I mean, that's uh, just straight just, fungus. Just straight mold. Yeah, mold, that's what I meant. Well, I mean, if blue cheese is, is, uh, is, it doesn't agree with me. Like, I don't, I don't agree with it either. Uh, but it's not, it's by far not the worst cheese. Like there's, there's definitely worse cheeses out there. There's, um, yeah, I, uh, oh, my, my stomach is turning just thinking about this. It's pretty bad. The, um, yeah, there's a, there is an entire, uh, kind of cheese that has active live maggots in it. And, uh, what? Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it, it's terrible. It's, a, it's creamier than brie because it's got live maggots 
in the cheese that process the cheese. It smells worse than Limburger, and I have no idea why anybody would eat it. It, I would look at it and be like, "Okay, well, that's done." Yeah, uh, it, just, it, <laughs> it's called Kasu Ma, Matsu. Matsu. What? It's uh, Italian cheese. That's something Italy can take right back. Yeah. See, there's a lot of good Italian cheeses. That's not one of. Them. It's um, apparently you eat it, maggots and all. The, the fine part is you, you, uh, if you actually like read the, that's wiggly. Uh, literal translation is rotten putrid cheese. That sounds there's appetizing. Some that, there's some things that people aren't meant to eat. Maggots are one of them. I'm I'm not okay this, with this. We got to change the conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just happens, think about how direct. good you would poop after that. Just saying, like uh, everything in your body would be gone. I don't. I don't think there would be a problem. <laughs> I don't think it would get that far. I think it would just come out the top. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fuck that, man. <laughs> That's bad. That's really bad. Let's. I mean, it's bad enough you can't. Jason, uh, seriously. It's been outlawed in the European Union and you can't get it in the States. So there you go. <sighs> yeah. Well, so hard direction change. Um, and now on to something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Video games. <laughs> Please. Um, cool. <laughs> we lose you, Jason. I'm coming back. It's my camera again. I'm just killing OBS. Oh, I got you. Um, so video games. Um, I've got some new ones on the horizon so far. Oh yeah, and I've got a little bit more of an old one. I feel really bad. So yesterday, I was talking to you know Jason about jumping in on Back for Blood. And then I thought it was me, Matt, and TJ. Well, TJ's son wanted to jump on, too. And I didn't want to tell TJ that his son couldn't jump on as well. And so Jason like ran through the solo part of the first game, I guess. Is that what you were doing? Yeah, I may about halfway through the first campaign before I had to go to bed. Which, I mean, I guess you got a feel for it, but all the cards are unlocked and you don't really take anything back with you on solo mode, which kind of stinks. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. That sucked. Oh, it's fine. I got a good feel for it. It uh, It's, uh... I feel like, uh... It has a lot of the... It definitely, they got the attitude from left... From Left for Dead, but the uh, uh, the gunplay is much tighter, much much tighter. Well, you got aim down sights, and you've got um, a basic. Well, I mean, Left for Dead had a gun bash you could do, but um, you've got aim down sights, and the secondary weapons are pretty good actually. Um, 
things that you probably didn't get into is the cards themselves have a lot of variants. So I was showing TJ and Matt. And that was the cards called like two is one and one is none. And what it does is it lets you carry two primary weapons with a 20% negative on swap speed. So when you're swapping between weapons, it takes 20% longer. Uh, but you've got cards that you can use to mitigate the effects of that. But having two primary weapons instead of a pistol or a one-shot shotgun or a machete and a shotgun. Um, like, I was running a campaign with TJ today, and I had a shotgun, and then I had um, an M16 in my secondary slot, which made things really interesting. I had range, and I had up-close-and-personal bullshit. Um which is pretty fun. But the card system's pretty good. Um, the randomization of how things are laid, it's not that the levels change, but the placement of secret doors um, and supplies and weapons and stuff like that is changed up. And Left for Dead, you trying to remember, but I think you would occasionally find like an additional weapon or something like that or a health pack. Right? It's like health pack or pills. You got a Molotov or a pipe bomb. Um... And then he had a couple of secondary weapons. So I think there was like an axe and a machete. And then there was like a couple of different pistols, right? And then you had like an Uzi and a sniper rifle and an assault rifle. And I think there were like two variants for each or something. Am I about right? Yeah. There's yeah. like two or three variants for each weapon, but they weren't all that much different. Yeah, I think there's four melee weapons. I think there is, like, two versions of Glock, two versions of Beretta, um, a Tech 9, a Desert Eagle, 357, um, sawed-off shotgun, like, a lot of different variants of sidearms, and that's just sidearms, right? And then you've got, like, an MP5, you've got a... Uh, trying to remember all the other there's like four submachine guns there's like four assault rifles like an ak m4 m16 scar right four shotguns one two three four sniper rifles one rifle that's a that uses assault rifle ammo and then like two snipers and two lmgs like for a pretty well-rounded loadout. And then on top of that, you've got all the different variants for add-ons that you can add to the guns. So I don't know if you got into that at all, but that changes the uh, yeah. feel. Like, a lot. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> none of them change the fire rate, but, like, uh, an AK-47 doesn't shoot no-scope very well, but you can add a compensator on it and a hollow sight and a better stock to it, and then all of a sudden, you almost don't have to iron sights that bitch, which yeah. is crazy. Well, I got to say, after testing several weapons, yes, your M16 is good. I, however, find that in situations where you end up running and gunning, the scar is much better hip fire than the M16 is. Much more stable. The one that's even better than that, which does lower damage is the M4. So yeah. I don't know if you use the M4, but you literally can crouch and not even aim down the sights and just start mowing stuff down. 
Yeah. But scar is like one shot headshots from the hip. It's great. Yeah. And then they got the auto shoddy. The auto shoddy is fucking mean. Um, you can get magazine extensions for that. And then cards that increase your ammo and your damage. And then as you start to go along, like I've got a shotgun build now, cause I've unlocked a lot of cards and like my shotgun pellets heal me for temporary health when I hit. So it's like one health per hit or something like that of uh, temporary health. So I can get in a boss encounter, shoot him, take a hit and then shoot him again a few times and like gain my health back. Um, which is pretty fucking nuts. Um, but like overall, like I haven't finished the whole campaign yet, but I've played last night. Like there was a very drastic difference last night. Cause it was me, Matt, TJ, um, and his son. And we were all, and his son's like 22. Um, but we were all playing and it was a much different experience, mainly just communication and then all fairly competent players. So, like, we knew what to do, and then we were pointing shit out. We were sharing stuff with each other. You know, if I needed ammo or something, because you can drop different ammo types, right? Like, I found sniper ammo. My, Matt really likes to use sniper rifle. So, when he would get low on sniper rifle ammo, if he hadn't been picking it up because he was going too fast, you could drop him sniper ammo, you know? Um, knowing who to pick up when, and then just being able to act as a cohesive team the entire time, like... Oh, I'm going to get the toolkit so I can open up the doors. Oh, I'm going to upgrade everybody's health or I'm going to upgrade everybody's ammo count or the amount of like grenades that they can carry. Like those are things that are not in Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead's director experience was different every time and it was groundbreaking at the time. They've got the director, which does control the amount of stuff and specials and shit they throw at you at a time and the types of bosses. But there's also all these additional variants that happen. So like, me and TJ were playing one right before I cooked dinner tonight. And the level we had before had fast zombies. So every time we'd mess with it, they'd be fast. The one that we had the last time we played was on fire zombies with SWAT team zombies, which means they have a helmet you have to shoot off and then you shoot them in the head because if you shoot them in the chest, it does nothing. Um, but they all walked. So they were all, it was a slow lumbering horde, but there was a lot of them. So we were going through a lot of ammo uh, because there were so many uh, zombies in that one. But the director does a pretty good job, and the oh shit moments in that are pretty good. When you get to, there's a mission where you're in a bar, and you got to defend the bar with a jukebox going on. And last night they were doing the song that it picked because I don't know if it's the same song every time, but I don't remember it. I would have remembered this. Um, the song that we were fighting with was Ace of Spades. Um, by Motorhead. So oh, we, nice. we were doing the uh, encounter event to Ace of Spades. Basically, you got a bar um, with a jukebox. The jukebox is supposed to distract the horde to you for you to fight while a bunch of survivors load up in buses and get away. And it was playing Ace of Spades the whole time, which was pretty fucking epic. Um, but yeah, like uh, overall... Um, Rusty, if you could ever get past your hatred of zombies, this has got some really cool moments in it. Um, well, and I love, uh, to be honest, I love this, the uh, few times that ogres showed up. That was absolutely fun. 
Yeah, and you haven't even seen all the variants of stuff. Like the there's something called a tall boy. The tall boy is a dude that's got a club for an arm, and you're supposed to shoot him at the arm socket, which is the big glowing thing that you're supposed to shoot. When they have armored tall boys, um, that's hidden, and I think it's the head you have to shoot. And then we ran into a variant that was armored and fast, so they were hauling ass through the level, like beating the shit out of everybody. And one of the ones that we were doing, it was pretty fucking tough. Uh, but they do a lot of random variants on the enemies with the uh, cards, and those are the things you have to do. Like they'll be, they'll be like no lights are on, right? And so everything is done through your flashlights on your guns. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still say at this point I've probably got about ten hours into that. Um, all of it's been a blast. Even replaying levels has been a blast. It's been pretty good so far. The this is it's Left 4 Dead on steroids. It's good. Um, I don't have any issue with it. It's, I don't know, you know, the, okay, I have an issue with it. I haven't tried Swarm, so I don't know anything about that. And the fact that single player sucks so bad is pretty bad. Um, the bots aren't great. Um, sometimes they get hung up on stuff and what the compensator for that is they just teleport them to you. If they get hung up on something, they get too far behind. Yeah. I noticed, um, some of the, uh, the issue there is um, difficulty level. I played around with that a little bit just to see uh, how the bots changed. And pretty much outside of easy, they're freaking useless. Well, we haven't even ran any anything beyond rookie at this point and it's still been pretty hard in spots but the key to that the overcome for that is like the cards right so like i got a shotgun build right that heals me with the pellets you got 15 cards you can pick so i pick bullet penetration is one of the ones i pick um additional ammo that i can carry for a shotgun is one that i pick um there's like three different cards i pick that have different variations on reload speed so if i can help it there's they don't call it a, a spaz shotgun, but that's basically what it is. It's a semi-auto manual load shotgun, right? No pump. Um, so that's typically what I use if I can get all the reload cards. If I can't get all the reload cards, it's the auto shotty. But without reload cards, like reloading the shotgun takes forever. Um, <laughs> and with reload cards, you can get, I think I've got 60% reload speed, and then I get usually a mag that in gives me like 50% reload speed if I can find it. And it's like superhuman how fast my dude reloads the shotgun. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but like that's something to kind of like helps mitigate a lot of that stuff. Like you've got cards that help you find stuff a lot easier. You've got cards that help with increased damage from your weapons. You got like melee cards that increase the damage of your melee plus give you damage resistance while you're in melee. Um, and health back when you melee. Uh, I was going to say, what was the other really random thing? There is friendly fire in this game, though on rookie it's completely disabled. So your guys still do the barks if they get shot, but it's not, you know, you're not really doing anything to anybody, so it's no big deal. Right. But if we can get in a match, hopefully next week when I'm not at work, um, next Thursday or Friday, I'd love to 
give you a tour and actually play it. Absolutely. Have you played anything else new, Jason? Nope. That was pretty much just that. Rusty, what you been up to? Not zombies, that's for sure. Yeah. FF14. FF XIV. If you want to, if if you want to be technical, um, baking cakes. I have not been baking anything. I haven't. I haven't been doing that. I it's cupcakes, sir. Cupcakes. Coffee and coffee biscuits. Okay. I it's mean, coffee biscuits. Oh, so cookies. Very, very. Yes, I've been cooking cookies. Thank you, bake cookies. So you've been baking. I've been cooking cookies. Um, <clears throat> hey, I, hey, I have actually been uh, uh, going through quite a bit of shit. So I think I've, uh, I, I have completed my initial grind. Uh, got everything to level eighty. Uh, so I decided that it was uh, time for a new grind. And I decided to grind out three relics, three relic weapons, which requires... I think you were doing that last week. Yeah, the, the relic weapons, I only had one done last week. Um, I did two more this week. Uh, so I was able to, uh, to get through quite a bit. That requires a lot of raiding, um, uh, a lot of uh, going through different fates, uh, and I and I had to do it all basically um, vanilla. I had to you know do all of this you know the stuff on a combat class, and you know and it was slow. Uh, so I, uh, I I noticed that there was a new event coming up in in the game. And this happens. This event actually happens uh, just before uh, new expansions. Uh, the event is uh, called the uh, it's the Moogle Tombstone event. Um, and what the event entails is grinding through a bunch of uh, dungeons and getting a special uh, loot drop at the end of each one of these dungeons that you can trade in for. Uh, things like mounts or uh, exclusive glam items. And the exclusive glam item this time is a jacket that hasn't been released in the West at all. Uh, looks really good, called the Inferno Jacket. It's uh, basically kind of like a. Uh, uh, it's kind of like a varsity jacket that has a. Uh, a flame pattern on it, which is actually really cool. Um, but what this uh, what this actually does is it re-enkindles the uh, you know, the community's uh, love for a uh, a limited class, uh, a limited job called Blue Mage, and Blue Mage is one of the most overpowered things I've ever seen. Um, 
Blue Mage is a limited job in Final Fantasy that allows you to learn the uh, the abilities that enemies use. And then you can cast them just like you would normal spells. Um, because that is pretty nuts, uh, they make it a limited job, so you can't do normal content with it. You have to basically do everything either solo or you have to group up with blue mages only uh, or group up with people specifically for uh, certain content. Um, but to give you an idea, the uh, I used to be going to these fates was pick out a target, cast your normal, you know, uh, your normal spells, kill a target, move on to the next thing. With Blue Mage, I run up to the middle of a, a pack of enemies, I cast a spell called Hydro Pull, and it pulls all of the enemies to me, and then I cast a spell called Ram's Breath, which which will freeze all the enemies in place for 12 seconds. And then I cast a spell called Ultra Vibration, which then kills anything that's frozen near me. Instantly. And I'm like, this is broken. This is so broken, it's not even funny. Um, and So it's kind of like a fuck-around thing, right? Huh? So it's kind of like a fuck-around kind of thing. Yeah, it's it is it is a fun class, right? Uh, and it's always going to be ten levels lower than the current jobs. So the current job level is eighty. So the maximum level that you can get in, in Blue Mage is seventy. Uh, but that is enough uh, for basically all the old content, uh, so that you can go and have fun with old content. Um, but it just, it just so happens that the, uh, Moogle tombstone event has you running old content for those tombstones. So the fast, the fastest way to get them is to group up with a, a bunch of blue mages that basically make each run of those dungeons, like, you know, a minute or two. So you can grind out a lot of them really, really fast. Um, what I've been using them for is for the fates, for the uh, uh, for the relics, because it makes short work of all enemies. Um, it's also kind of like one of those uh, those things is you go and you collect a bunch of. Uh, of spells, like there's 104 spells. 104? Uh, yes, 104 spells. I wouldn't be able to call you out on it. Um, the only way that you learn a spell is to see the enemy do it, and sometimes like it hit in the face with it. Uh, so, and you have to survive the spell. You have to survive the fight, and then there's a chance that you will learn the spell. So there's a, it, it's kind of like catch them all, uh, the spell, um, which is really kind of cool. Because um, some of these 
are in normal overworld content. Some of them are in dungeons. Some of them are in raids. Uh, and of course, there's a list online that you can follow, but it's more of like, what does this spell do? Uh, and how broken can I make a combination of these spells? Like the the ultra vibration combination is pretty pretty nuts. Um, I'm also going through a uh, another set of content that's specific to Blue Mage, and it's called the Masked Carnival. Um, the Masked Carnival is basically uh, these scripted fights that you have to have certain blue mage abilities to be able to complete. They're kind of like puzzle fights. And those, uh, those fights are really interesting because I mean, you can't, can't fuck up. That's, you have to be on your game. You have to know where to be and what spells to use and what each one of these 104 different spells actually does. Uh, and the best way to maximize those combinations. And uh, it's, it's fun side content. Uh, and that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing is playing a lot of fun side content um, from now until about uh, is it November 4th. Yeah. November 4th is the date that's, uh, that's on my calendar. The date for November 4th is the uh, closed beta for Lost Ark. So I'm going to be able to actually get in and play around with Lost Ark on, on November 4th. And then that's going to last for a few days at least. And then a couple more, you know, a couple weeks after that is when Endwalker comes out for uh, for Final Fantasy. So I got a lot of MMO in my life right now. Um, I can tell. But I've been really kind of chomping at the bit for Lost Ark to come out. And the uh, the beta for that is actually going to be a nice little break from Final Fantasy XIV. Um I'll be able to see what Lost Ark is all about, whether or not that's uh, that's going to be able to hold my attention, uh, or if I'm going to fall deep in, into uh, Final Fantasy land as soon as uh, Endwalker comes out, which I almost guarantee you is going to happen. Say, so, I actually got some new game in the rotor for this week. Um I was actually talking to you last night about it, Rusty. So I'm a big Disciples fan. Um, it's an mm-hmm. old franchise from yep. 20 years ago. It's a pretty niche thing. It was um, So anyways, I'll explain what Disciples was. Disciples was a game where it was a turn-based strategy where you'd have characters you'd place on the back line and they would do certain types of damage and then or effects, and then you'd have characters in the front line that would do certain types of damage or effects based on their positioning, right? And you would have... You'd start the game, and you'd create an alliance with one of a few factions, right? There was, like, elves and dwarves, the Empire, which were people, um, 
Then you had Demons and the Undead. And I don't remember a big difference between one and two. I just remember two being pretty damn good. And it had this really incredible uh, dark fantasy art style reminiscent to like Dark Souls. This is before Dark Souls, right? It was made by a Russian developer. And even played that multiplayer on a LAN a long time ago, like say circa 2002. I want to say it was the last time I played that on a LAN. Me and John and Dave and Matt played that for about 18 hours straight and did not get through one match. It was a pretty long game to play multiplayer. Um, wow. <laughs> but yeah, this is old school gaming, right? Um, flash forward, they had three that came out that has three different versions. First version sucks, doesn't work. A lot of things were imbalanced. Had an open overworld that you rode around on a horse and then you had a whole bunch of units that kind of came with you. Um, and it was done in this like hex grid, right? And then you'd have encounters that you could see coming up because you'd see the representation of the enemy and then you'd fight them and then it would be, you know, pop out and it'd be a whole bunch of dudes. Um, but the game actually broke in parts and couldn't progress like it was bad. And so they did a version called, I want to say it was Resur Resurrection, I think is what came out and was even worse. Part of the problem that with three was the developer ran out of money and the software, the producer, whoever, right, the parent company, which I think at the time actually was Calypso, Calypso um, didn't fund them to finish the game. And then about a couple years later, they came out with the game again called Reincarnation, and it's just okay. Um, it fixed a lot of the bugs, and it works, but the game is just not that good. Um, art style's great, though. And that's about all I had going for it. Um, I never finished it because... By the time they did Reincarnation, which I believe is the last iteration of it, I just wasn't that interested. Um, flash forward about almost 10 years, a Disciples Liberation comes out. And it is a spinoff game. I don't know why it's considered a spinoff. I'll be honest with you, I never followed the story that close. But anyways, you play as two central characters, uh, or one main character with a sidekick, basically. And your central character has um, the ability to update armor, weapons, spells, class, abilities, etc. Right? Like fully fleshed out RPG character. You move around the map kind of like, uh, I would say, very Diablo-esque. Right? Like ARPG. You hold down the mouse in the direction you want to go. And then you talk to people and get quests and then complete said quest. Right? And there's a lot of multiple options to completing quests. So it's a little bit more RPG than the other games. Um, and then you have the turn-based fights. The turn-based fights are in a grid like they were in 3, which I actually didn't mind. Uh, but they've added a lot of little spins to it. So you can hire... You could always hire... I think you could hire mercenaries in 3 and 2. But mercenaries gives you more access to some of the higher tier creatures from the other factions so that you can use them in your army um the only bummer is is that i found out playing this is they have to level up with your character they can't be trained like your other character so right now i'm basically aligned mostly with the undead and um the demon hordes and most of my choices have been evil which is not normal for me i just wanted to access the cooler classes honestly um and I've got different companion characters, so you can have two different companion characters with you in your group. 
and they have their own abilities but don't have backline abilities. And then all the monsters that you train and recruit have a primary, a secondary ability, and a backline ability. And you can up their stats through leveling up manually through fights or um, or getting XP from quests. Or you can get XP by training them at your base. So you have a base, kind of the same concept of like an XCOM, right? You build a type of building that builds certain types of units. And if that building houses said unit, then you can train them up with money and resources. Um, whereas if you don't, like if I hired a unit, so I've got a, I want to say it's like a, an elf. Um, it's called a stalker, I believe. It's basically a sniper. Um that character, because I don't have the building for it, can only level up with me while I'm in um, in, in party. Whereas my undead hordes um, can level up with me in my buildings plus that. The un- like the art style is still pretty good. It's, it's definitely a different art director because it's not quite the same, but it's still got a very stylistically dark look to a lot of the creatures. And I do like that. Like I was telling Rusty, I've got Spectres in my army, and Spectres have some pretty good abilities where they can cause somebody to be horrified, which makes them unable to use like more than one ability, which means they could move or they could attack. And so there's like these, the way that it handles movements is each character has a certain amount of tiles that they can move, and that's their movement range. And so you have a these little symbols above their head, so you've got blue, which is always move, Red, which is always an attack motion. And then you've got orange, which is either move or attack. And so some characters have like two orange icons, which means they can attack, attack, or move and attack. And then you have some that have like a, my skeletal warriors have an orange and a red, which means they can move and attack or attack, attack. Um, but like there's a lot of different interesting mechanics. So I've got a character called a cultist that can steal life or leech life like a vampire at range to heal themselves up, and then they can give portions of their life uh, after so many rounds to different characters in the battlefield to heal them up. Um, so, um, but yeah, going back to my Spectre, my Spectre has no face. It looks like somebody punched a hole in their head, basically. And they have a sword through their chest, and they've got a couple of decent abilities. Um, like, if they're on backline, I think they make everybody evasive every turn. So that's how the backline stuff works. Like they either have a select target based on a rule set. So lowest health character gets protection if I put a soldier on the back in the back line that has a shield, or um, I could have a zombie on the back line which launches vile bombs on the enemy. I think is something like that. Anyways, he lobs vomit grenades on the enemy and then poisons the lowest health pool character on the field basically um, every single turn. Um, but like, there's a lot of like nuance to how all this stuff can be configured together. And it's, it's fairly difficult to be honest with you. And I I think I like that a lot. It's not so difficult that it just pisses me off, but it's hard enough that it creates a challenge. Now there are times where I'm overleveled for something and rather than throw me in a battle with a bunch of really easy characters, um, I can just hit the conquer button and then I get the experience without any health lost plus money or resources that I would have gotten from that group that I fought. But the battlefields themselves have hexes that have different status effects on them. So there could be a tile that has plus protection or one that's uh, take three turns of fire damage. 
and you can use those as choke points. And then sometimes there'll be static objects in the field that make you create choke points for different areas. It's also got a flanking mechanic. So if you have one character on the left, the other character, the enemy in the middle, and then another character on the right, that'll create a flank. So in a line, if you have two characters on either side of the enemy, that will give you bonus damage to the character in the middle and create a flanking scenario. So you kind of spend time setting up those types of traps as you go through the battles. Overall, it's kind of a pleasant surprise that this wasn't a bad Disciples game after 3 took such a big shit on a lot of people. Um, I don't think this is going to be a very popular game, but I think if you like turn-based battlers, um, as I obviously do, um, I think it's a pretty competent entry in the series. And I haven't finished it, but I actually put more time in Disciples than I have literally anything else. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm definitely aligning with the Undead Horde as I go, but one key difference here is you're able to have more than one alliance in your playthrough, and a lot of the decisions matter on the way your game plays out. So, And everybody's kind of morally gray. Um, so, like, the Empire are a bunch of evil douchebags. And... I really didn't want to align with the humans. And in fact, because the undead are essentially chaotic neutral in this game, you have the option of aligning with the evil undead or the chaotic neutral undead. So I aligned with chaotic neutral undead. It still means I'm doing some fairly horrible things to my enemies, but I'm not necessarily like going around eating everybody. I'm, I'm working my way up to get bone golems. That's the, the key thing here. I want is a bone golem or a flesh golem. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, going to need a, a donation of your bones, please. I'm literally working <laughs> on a quest right now where I'm finding all the best bones for a certain golem, I think, which will unlock bone golems for me. <laughs> um, okay. but yeah, um, supposedly about an 80 hour game. I feel like I've just started to scratch the surface of it. In fact, um, I'm still going through kind of like what's setting up the story right now at like 15 hours in. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I like, I went from being a mercenary class with my main character to being, it's called a Cirrus. And the Cirrus has a lot of, so I've got spells. You can cast spells with a regular character that doesn't have a magic affiliation, but you don't have a lot of mana, so doesn't give you a lot of options, so you might just have healing and status effect stuff you do. But my Cirrus has all sorts of badass spells, and I really like the spell effects. Um, she's got a lot of area of effect, a lot of... She's got, like, a chain frost ray thing that I like a lot, and this thing that, like, envelops stuff in spines and then uh, poisons them. And then I've got a necromancer on my team that, um, if he kills creatures on the field, he raises specters. And the Spectres are already fucking tough anyway. So he's usually in my rotation like 24-7 because he's just got such badass abilities. Um, there's area of effect that hurts your characters and then there's area of effect that does not hurt your characters. There's, If I was to say gripes about this game is it doesn't really tell you a lot about its systems and how to play. It doesn't tutorialize much. Basically it gives you 30 min minutes of here's how flanking works, here's how spells work, Here's how you heal your buddy. Um, and here's how combat works, right? And then go. So, like, 
for a little bit, I didn't even know that you could heal between battles. I was trying to figure that out, and then I found there's these health fountains all over that will replenish your 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 units. But there are times you run into fights that are like three waves, so you don't have a chance to heal them between it. So you might spend the first couple of turns finding ways to heal your units before you get started with the fight on the second and third fights. Um, there's also permadeath, which I know that doesn't apply to a lot of people liking that. So your main character and companion can can die. They come back with 15% health the next battle if you beat the battle. But all of your minion units can die, um, which means that you got to retrain them or um, find a new replacement. So when you find rare or, units, that kind of sucks. Uh, there's no restart battle like there is in like XCOM or Phoenix Point or something like that when you lose. When I lose Jason or Rusty in one run. Wow. So, that sucks. So you don't have saves coming? Ulta 4? I mean, you could do that, but I think it's going to... I haven't done that yet. I think that would end up putting me right back in the fight. I don't know. It has like a little save button. You can hit F5 to quick save. It quick saves ever so often, but not often enough for me to even notice it. It doesn't like cause a jitter or lag in the game or anything. It runs great. Granted, I've got a good card, but so far I haven't had any kind of frame rate issues or anything. And there are parts of it that look a little bit dated, but the lighting effects and spell effects are really good. Um, I think it's a decent B-tier game, and I will include it in my... It's it's different enough in its strategy that I definitely want to play this along with other turn-based games. But... Yeah, that, your description of it just reminded me, like, or when we were talking about it the other day, is like... Those, Final Fantasy Tactics is probably a close allegation. Yeah, we were thinking, I was thinking about all of the the turn-based games that were kind of similar to that that I you know kind of grip playing really um it was uh now that I now that I had to look it up but uh Vandal Hearts was one of the very first ones back on uh, PlayStation 1 um and then of course Final Fantasy Tactics is like yeah I mean it's a given uh if you like you know turn-based strategy games that one was pretty deep um for the time, it was really fucking deep. Yeah. Uh, so many different jobs and different things that it, you know that it did. Uh, yeah, I, was I gonna still s- haven't beaten that game. Yeah, I was going to say it's. I don't know if it does the job system the way that disciples used to. Like you, I can't remember offhand, right? But like as characters leveled up, they gained turned into better variants of them that had different art and different abilities. Kind of like when you level up jobs in Final Fantasy Tactics or Ogre Battle. Um, So I haven't run into that to see if that happens. I know that I've got a shitload to choose from right now with Undead. I want to say my regular ground troops I've got about... Right now I've got two, but I've got two more tiers. And for like uh, Disablers and, you know other types of like magic undead stuff i want to say i've got like five or six variants and then for my like ranged shit um i want to say i have like four or five and i'm only on tier two out of four of what i have access to and i haven't seen if they morph so that i do kind of hope they morph but i haven't seen it yet and i'm this far into the game but i haven't basically got past the 
introductory chapter at this point, right? Like it takes me through. I'm at a point where I think I'm having to choose a main faction, basically. So it gives you a taste of what all of the different factions do early on. And then it kind of like looks like it's dumped me in a spot where I have to p- pick who I want to represent. Like there's a part of me that wants to use the demons because the succubus um, on the demon side is really fucking powerful. And so is the berserker. Um, succubus basically is hard to hit to begin with and has a lot of great ranged abilities um, and can dominate the fucking battlefield. But the berserker they have for the that group as well is also really fucking powerful. I just really like my skeleton warriors and it's, you know, October kind of feeling a little bit spooky, like my like my spooky shit. And the skeletons look really fucking cool. They also raise from the dead too, right? You kill them and they come back with half health. So I haven't lost a skeletal warrior yet, which is pretty great. I mean, that is kind of a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they hit like trucks, too. They they have maces. So it's one attack's like Rusty Mace, which causes slow, plus does a big wallop. And the other one, um, I think, dazes them and gives you plus defense. The one that's on like a two-turn cooldown or three-turn cooldown. But, yeah. Um, Disciples Liberation, if you're looking for a turn-based battler, um, pretty cool, and it's not 60 bucks. I want to say I spent 35 I think. I felt like spending $35. I haven't bought a new game in a long time. But with that, I think we're through the basic game stuff. I actually have a ton of news for us in the next section. Do we want to take a break, guys? Uh, yes. yes. All right, guys, we'll be back. back rusty's over here dying so very slowly just uh just dying away i wanted to just get ahead of some stuff so um we are going to get into some news we're going to just dive right in um guess what's coming out in game pass next month what's that uh Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, the re-re-realist. Yeah. Re. The so re-re-realist. It's three, Vice City, and San Andreas, which are, at least back then, were very pretty damn good games. Um, they, I looked at the... So it's going to come out, I want to say November 11th. Um, but they redid a lot of the texture work a lot. Now, they didn't go hyper-realistic with it. They still, they instead flipped around to make it look cartoony. They just smoothed out the polygons is essentially what it looks like. So like instead of having blocks for hands, almost Minecraft style, um, they have fingers now. And a lot of the edges are smoothed out and the lighting looks a hell of a lot better. Um, it just looks like cartoony Grand Theft Auto, which is fine. And I guess they redid a lot of the control schemes to be more modern. Um, that's about... 300 hours a game right there, um, or something crazy like that. Um, three's fairly long, but um, San Andreas is really long, and Vice City was fairly long. I want to say probably not 300 hours. I'd say 200 hours with a game right there. 
on Game Pass and not a shill, but I'm reasonably excited. Um, I'm glad it's coming out. For the, for the price of Game Pass, uh, why not? Uh, I didn't know it was coming to Game Pass. You know, I knew that they had it kind of te- was teased and then they confirmed it, but I didn't know it was coming to Game Pass. Yeah, like I was saying last week, I'm really interested in the soundtrack they have for Vice City to see what they changed. Um, but oh, yeah, I I'm reasonably excited about that. That's a those games are definitely old enough that being able to play it at a modern resolution is pretty cool. Um, Darkest Dungeon Two: Road of Ruin is coming in early access next week. So, whatever day the 26th is, which is next Tuesday, uh-huh. um, Darkest Dungeon is going to be coming in early access only on Epic Store. So, they have an exclusive contract with Epic right now. Oh, boy. I assume when it comes out of early access, it'll be on everything else. But for the first little bit, it'll be an Epic exclusive. It I think does... I'm just going to give it time because you know, Darkest Dungeon's great and all. But I know you actually had played Darkest Dungeon uh, pretty hard in the early access days, and then it you had to actually like you know get back into it to uh, to play it once it released. Typically, um, it depends on how hard I play a game, but that does happen to me sometimes with early access. So I'll play it really hard, and then figure out that I've played so much of it that I want to take a break and then get in the mood again to play it once it releases. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those games very much like dead cells that releases typically release feature complete. So I say typically the last one released feature complete. It just, they were adding additional biomes to the game. The one key thing that I noticed watching the trailer for it is a lot of it is 3d versus 2D, same art style, um, and also a lot more animation in things that are happening. So instead of like two and three frame animations with a lot of like additional flair to make it pop, it's right. full animations and it is still on a 2D plane when you're in combat, but all the characters are 3D. Um, the same like, uh, you know, hand-drawn art style. Um and the other thing I really noticed is that you're escaping versus going into a dungeon and coming back to the town. So you're like driving forward and then taking paths like left and right and forward instead of going on an overmap. Um, so you're in a okay. wagon and then you're recruiting people on the way is what it looks like. I'm, I'm extrapolating a lot from like a two minute prequel video. I'm right. I'm going to pick this up next Tuesday. Just stay tuned. I'll, I'll tell you guys about it next week. Just to, oh, I, just I to, absolutely will pick this up. Um, even if this comes out on Game Pass, it's something I want to own. I'm a big Darkest Dungeon fan, and Jason, I know you played it a lot too. I don't oh, think yeah. you, either of us have actually beat that fucking game because it's hard as nails. But I've gotten fairly far. Yeah, I got pretty far. I got. I made it to the Darkest Dungeon, and then I yeah. wanted to tear my fucking hair out because it is really fucking hard. Yeah, I think I got that far too on my last playthrough, and it I just had stopped because 
I can't get past a midpoint boss. But yeah, like a a lot of the things that it, that I picked up is that you'll have optional bosses, and the bosses will make you stronger. But you can skip them if you want. It's just every area is going to have like an end encounter um, that you have to get through. So the idea is to pick and choose which bosses you can do with the risk reward system of like, if I can beat this boss and get through this, then I'm going to be able to carry that stuff forward. It also has like the, what's that deck builder roguelike that we like from Slay the Spire? Remember how that had like a little map where you kind of choose different things? looked like it kind of had a similar system of like this leads to this to this to this kind of system as you're going forward through each of the levels but like overall it's fucking darkest dungeon man i'm super fucking stoked for darkest dungeon 2 um while we were on break i really briefly just kind of confirmed what i thought so guardians of the galaxy the full release actually comes out next tuesday but i don't have 60 bones to spare right now to, to pick that up. So um, that is also coming out Tuesday. It looks like, for lack of a better thing, it looks like a Mass Effect game with a Guardians reskin, like a Mass Effect 3. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but yep. I'm going to wait for I reviews. I that it's better, you know, to be honest. I know that uh, one of the things that I noticed from, you know, from the promotional stuff for it is that they, they couldn't get likenesses so you know it's not it's not going to be like a movie tie-in because you're you're not getting you're not getting the same likenesses and stuff you get the same kind of um yeah the characters know. look similar but they're they're the comic versions right they're they're definitely the comic <laughs> versions um the same with the Ro- voices. Rocket Raccoon with the whole like fucking chin braided chin beard thing is it was sort of driving me a little crazy. Um I am Groot. Uh the gameplay for it looks alright. I don't know if it would be like it doesn't blow my mind from what I've seen of it so far. And that I mean it I guess if it comes back in reviews, say it's a fun 20 hour romp, then I'll be like, womp womp. But if it says it's like a 40, 50 hour game that doesn't wear out its welcome, then I would probably be interested. But it's one of the ones I'm actually waiting for people that get paid to do this to review. Um, picks up and, and checks out for right. us. Oh, I mean, with limited funds, it's one of those situations where you're like, you have to pick and choose. Well, like I said, I'm going through a refinance. After I get through the refinance, funds will free up again. But I'm really going to pick and choose. It's Darkest Dungeon. Um, That game that's like, they are billions. I picked that up this afternoon. And uh, Icarus, I think, are the next things I'm getting that are not on Game Pass or free from Epic or whatever. Right. Well, I'm I'm actually even kind of tighter right now. So until I know what the hell's going on... um, I am only playing what I've currently got, and that that's the reason why I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy. So, um, super. Yeah. Other things that are kind of random. So, if you guys know anything about Stardew Valley, um, his uh, next game game is 
a chocolate shop sim, and I don't know how I feel about that. Is this the... Haunted uh, Chocolatier. The Haunted Chocolatier. Yeah. You run a spooky chocolate shop and live in a haunted castle. A spooky chocolate shop. Why? What? Now, I'm, I'm actually watching some gameplay of it right now. The... the 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 dungeon part looks very similar, like you know. But what is a chocolate's here? Like it's just I'm I'm scratching my head. Like where did they come up with this shit? I mean, it's a pretty um, unique dev, so who knows what happens with this? It's a it's a sim game. Um, depending on what it's like, I may actually pick it up at some point. I don't know when it comes out, but I mean, Stardew Valley was like his first major game. And of course that sold millions of units. I mean, that game was immensely successful, right? It's the same art style as Stardew. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that right now from the videos. Um, now, are they going to make me, like, have freaking relationships in this? I'll read you a quote, which will make you mad. It's from Concern Date. So, Haunted Chocolatier is a town game like Stardew in that it'll involve moving to a new place, learning a new trade, while getting to know all your neighbors. Unlike Stardew, it'll be more of an action RPG that revolves around a chocolate shop instead of a farm. The core loop is gathering ingredients, making chocolate, and running a chocolate shop. Okay. Getting yeah. to know your neighbors and then having, you know, getting to really know your neighbors is something completely different. Like, Stardew, you had to, like, work out what their preferred freaking gift was. And then you had to basically juggle people's like you had to uh, juggle people's schedule and make sure that they had the right amount of gifts to be able to get like the most out of the relationship. And I was like, oh god, I'm I'm done with this. Can't I just run a farm and be antisocial? Thanks. No, I need to be social to you know, to progress in the game. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> so we were talking about um, the availability of hardware right now. Yeah. So you guys are familiar with GeForce Now, right? Yep. Yep. So GeForce Now is currently offering a lower latency version of Microsoft's cloud gaming, essentially, right? So that'll deliver. 1440p, 120 hertz, as well as 4K and HDR support for $99 every six months. And so what GeForce Now means is you buy a game license right through Steam or whatever, right? And then you link it to GeForce Now as long as it's one of the games that they support. And then they can stream that said game over the internet to whatever PC device that you want. Um, yeah. Now... 
$100 every six months is not exactly cheap. No. But it's not exactly crazy expensive either for what you're getting. So you have to have decent internet speeds for that shit to work. Um, Not like crazy fast, but still decent. Well, they're saying um, that the latency on it's about 56 milliseconds, which is not bad. But still noticeable. Um, 56 milliseconds isn't terrible, but that's latency for what you see. You know, like I'm, st- I'm still kind of up in the air about, you know, about the streaming services for any, you know, you know, any, they're saying it's on a good internet connection. It's two thirds the latency of gaming on an Xbox series X at 60 FPS. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, Sorry, right, I guess. The um, I I would like Nvidia to actually just uh you know uh, pump out more cards. I know that's not possible, but I would I would love them to, you know, to to fix the supply shortage, which is uh, not just their problem. I am aware. Uh, is this a good alternative for those people who are? you know, striving for cards. I mean, GeForce Now is actually decent service. Um, I mean, you were using the Microsoft service, right? You know, for... Yeah, and now most of what I'm using is when I can make it work properly is Pascal. Right. The, um... You know, the idea that People can have a uh, a video card, you know, process the the video and then just have the video streamed. Uh, is it's more efficient? Like it it is overall more efficient to have a server with a bunch of video cards in it that's you know dedicated to you know just processing the video for a game and then streaming it out um, rather than have the cards in you know, in everybody's homes from a... Uh, I mean, if you're still on a tech- list waiting for a card, I mean, it wouldn't hurt if you were just wanting to pick up a six-month sub. Now, there's a cheaper version of this that's forty nine ninety nine. that's not quite as high fidelity or doesn't have mm-hmm. quite the horsepower behind it. Well, I, I would hate to actually have a... Uh, um, a service like this and have, you know, have it come through freaking like distorted or blocky or something like that. The, kind of the idea behind this is to uh, um, totally forget that you don't actually have a video card in your machine, <laughs> right? So you'd want to have the, you know, the best possible experience with it. Um, I mean, it's basically sixteen and a half dollars a month. Yeah, it's. It's. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I am kind of in that same, you know, in the boat where I would feel like I didn't do something right as a computer builder if I didn't have a video card in the machine, right? But I also get it that, A, 
not everybody knows how to build the machine. B, uh, the availability of parts is not there. And C, this allows you to effectively, provided that you have a decent enough internet connection, you know, just take a small, you know, laptop with you and have the performance of, you know, a full gaming tower. So that would be, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of benefits to that, but the technology is still kind of new. Um, and while it's proven pretty good, uh, I'm still not kind of I'm I'm not buying into it myself. It's easy for me to say, but still, I would much rather see more graphics cards and gamer hands than have a solution that does that, that, uh, that tries to do away with getting graphics cards into gamers hands, you know? Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I'm just, if you're hungry, there may be a workaround for the time being. Yep. The, um, I would, would not want to play Twitch games like anything that had quick reaction speeds or anything like that. If, if I was to play Back for Blood on that, I would still have an issue with that, I think. And now, you would still be able to tell, I'm pretty sure. Now I'm curious because you can play Back for Blood through Cloud Gaming. And Cloud yeah. Gaming is actually available now on PC as well. Yeah, it's just... You just have to use your controller. and I, I like playing that with a mouse and keyboard. I'm sure there's another way of you can't there's no other way you have to use a controller yeah it's something that a lot of people have been asking about for cloud gaming as mouse and keyboard support huh. well you have to think about initially the cloud gaming was configured for your phone um, uh, your phone and uh, for uh uh, basically streaming continuation from your console. So yeah, uh, there's probably some configuration changes that'll come later. Yeah. And there's not a lot of weirdos like me that plug in a mouse and keyboard to their tablet and run it like a little laptop. I know somebody that actually has a keyboard and mouse for their phone and they play Minecraft on it. Man. And then, <laughs> I mean, it's a little screen. My eyes would die. Well, you know, I would. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Um, other quick things. Um, so there is a uh, streamer that I watch quite a bit. Um, called Fighting Cowboy. He does a lot of Dark Souls stuff, but he also when Dark Souls was bigger, but he also does quite a bit of other stuff. Um, I was watching a live stream for Salt and Sacrifice, which is Salt and Sanctuary sequel, which was probably one of the best uh, 2D Souls-like games out there. Actually, one that Rusty even played. And beat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't just play it. I beat it. Uh, and and that's, that's watch, saying something. Watching the gameplay on it, I was pretty hyped. It looks pretty damn good. Sweet. More so, of the same plus you know, plus extra. 
Yeah, like there was a boss he was fighting that was following him along in a level kind of like Resident Evil Nemesis, essentially. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, So I mean, he's fighting regular enemies that was following him and popping up in random spots. It's set to be released next year, um, but it'll be on PC and PlayStation. But Okay. As long as it comes to PC, I'm fine. Yeah. PlayStation, I mean, that's another one of those... Uh, uh, those devices that you just can't get your hands on. So it'll be on Epic Game Store. Ah, uh, well, it's a smaller company; and they're not going to get fifty million dollars out of it, right? But um, that is a thing that is coming out next year, so something to look forward to for. Dude, next year is going to be so full of games, like. I really hope that I don't have anything that, you know, hits the pocketbook hard because holy shit, there's going to be so many fucking games. Uh, so many games that were delayed to, uh, 2022. It's going to be nuts, man. So something that, again, kind of sours me to Bungie and the whole Destiny universe. <laughs> I kind of figured this was going to come up. Um, so we've got two new dungeons and there's already a dungeon shortage now that they've revamped the game, um, are not going to be part of their season pass. Uh, you're going to have to buy them separately. Yeah, dude, the, I don't understand why would they do such a thing? Like there's... You have to get the digital deluxe edition of the Witch Queen. You'll receive the expansion, all four seasons, and two new the two new dungeons. Or you could just get the standard edition, and it gives you the season pass, the uh, the the other stuff. But you don't get the dungeons. You have to piecemeal the dungeons. It's nickel and diming you. Um, if you're a if if you're a Destiny player, I mean, that is. That is some fucked up shit. Like they've they've done some things in the past that kind of raised the red flag. Like their uh, Eververse store, when they introduced that cash shop, uh, there was a lot of people that were like, oh, "This is this is the start of the downfall of Destiny," because as soon as you start throwing stuff in the cash shop. That people will, you know, you either can't get it by earning it in the game, or it's something that's like, you know, past, you know, past achievements that people can just buy with cash. Um, it cheapens the achievement, and then it can, of course, anything that's behind a paywall is automatically kind of reviled, right? Right. Um, this this move is 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 terrible. Um, hiding content behind that, hiding content like that behind a paywall is pretty friggin' nuts. What you want to bet like, that each dungeon's like fifteen bucks? I mean. I didn't see anywhere where they had actually 
put a price to the dungeons. Um, I don't know. Um, if it was fifteen bucks, I don't think anybody pay, would pay for it. And to be completely honest with you, just from my time playing Destiny, the you know the uh, the dungeons that you run through are kind of just mind-numbingly boring after the first few times, right? Right. But the uh, the thing about Destiny is that every so often they do uh, a a special kind of like roulette um, where the you know where the they'll pick out a dungeon and then add modifiers to it and that is either like the daily or the weekly, you know, dungeon, right? Um, what happens when one of these new dungeons becomes part of the, you know, part of that, you know, and you've got an entire community that's now unable to do a form of content that's been in the game since day one, basically, um, in the, uh, in the daily dungeon because the daily dungeon is hidden behind a paywall and the greedy businessman would be like, well, buy the, you know, buy the dungeon. And, uh, and I think that would be, uh, Oh man. I know there's a lot of people that's pissed off about it. Like, I'm not part of that community anymore. Uh, I haven't played Destiny in a while, but uh, see, the Witch Queen expansion was supposed to be the the return to form. Um, it was supposed to be the big one. You were the chosen one, Anakin. <laughs> Um, it was it was supposed to be uh, so this move is definitely in the wrong direction in my opinion yeah well speaking of uh, supposed to be and most likely will be good uh, Doom Eternal's update next week will introduce a horde mode to multiplayer instead of just battle mode. Yeah, yeah, so that is coming with October 26th update of the game, which is version 6.66. Yep. So, they chose a very very good time to add that, I guess. Um, yeah. I think they were holding that back for a while. Um... So the all it, it is a horde mode. I mean, a horde mode is a horde mode is a horde mode, but I definitely love how snappy the gameplay of Doom Eternal is, and I know Justin and I will at least dabble in it. Yeah, I'll re-download it. And maybe we can convince Rusty. Maybe. maybe. Maybe the thing about Doom and Doom multiplayer is kind of weird, uh, and you know, in the fact that 
it's uh well it, it's just fucking weird um my thing with uh with doom is that i'm gonna actually have to you know because i didn't get it on steam uh so i don't know whether or not the ecosystems communicate um so that's an, that's another that's another thing that i'm not quite sure of uh the i don't know i mean on paper sounds like a fan, you know sounds like a fun time um but i know just from playing the campaign of doom on some of the you know more difficult difficulties um you get so many different, you know, bad guys on the screen doing fucking weird things. And the first goddamn time I run into one of those fucking uh, axe-wielding motherfuckers that blocks my shotgun shots, I will probably just chuck my fucking computer right out the goddamn window. <laughs> and I love my motherfucker. I love my motherfucking computer. But those those enemies can fuck right off. I hate them so much. And when I click on the uh, on the link for uh, you know for this update, that's the enemy that they showcase. So. <laughs> well, ah, uh, fuck me. Um. Yeah, uh, maybe. You have to understand that you know. At my my, I have very limited uh, uh, attention span at the moment. So that might change here in a little bit, but I don't. I don't. But know by how much. We'll give. I might give it a try, but I can't guarantee it's going to be one of those. I'm going to play this every fucking night situations. I understand. So, and then also in other game game specific news, um, Xbox Game Studios revealed that they are working with uh, the Finnish studio Mainframe. Uh, on publishing their cloud native, their new cloud native MMO, which unfortunately we don't have a lot of detail about yet. Um, one thing that was re- that was touched on in the reveal, though, is they are currently working on uh, mechanics for the game to scale complexity depending on on the device you're playing on. So, for example, um, if you're playing the game's codename is currently PaxDie, if you're playing PaxDie on, say, a mobile phone, um, you could open up the game and quickly do some crafting or resource farming. Uh, And then when you get home and start playing on your PC or your console, you could take on the more complex missions like raids etc um so they're they're really trying to shoot for a uh all-around experience 
that you can fill time however you see fit. Okay. I kind of from from an MMO standpoint, I kind of I kind of get that. Um <clears throat> I would hate to actually raid on a on a phone, right? Uh cuz there's so much get going on. Um but if, you know going you know, just taking my mind to Final Fantasy 14 cuz that's what I'm currently playing. Uh if I wanted to craft or gather that doesn't require much. You know, go to a spot, click on a you know, click on a node, and mine, or uh, or just you know, do my you know my crafting rotation you know from wherever I just happen to be in the city. I don't even have to be logged in you know loaded into the game as far as I'm concerned, because it's you know it's all done by menus. So if I could do that just passively while I'm, you know, you know, on the shitter, I would be all right with that. Right. Um, if it, one of those situations where you, if you are primarily a phone user and the only thing that you could do is craft and gather in that game, then the, you know, the idea behind you know, locking content based off of your device is kind of kind of shit, but I don't know. If it's you have to look at it from two different perspectives. If you're just a mobile gamer, it's kind of shit. If you're a PC gamer that you want to have the option of doing crafting and gathering on mobile, then it's kind of a neat little idea. So, so, see how they do it. Be, yeah, be watching. Uh, uh, all I'll say uh, on top of that is be watching uh, Xbox's anniversary stream uh, next month. I think it's on the fifteenth. Uh, we'll probably see a little bit more detail about this game and other other games in the pipeline for the game studio. Well, I don't so, have much else. Do you guys have anything else? I saw I saw something that was coming to PC that was uh that is is kind of nice for those people who can't or didn't have access to a PlayStation. Um God of War. And we're God of War is coming to PC. Uh this is the 2018 boy God of War. Um yeah, that was pretty good. The idea behind getting these games on PC finally is really nice. Like, you know, having access to Horizon Zero Dawn and its expansions was, you know, was really nice for PC. Of course, you could turn the graphics up to stupid. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to do something very similar with God of War on PC, where you can turn the graphics up. That game looked really good. Uh, you know, just on the PlayStation 4. Um, you know, so that is that is another, you know, another game that I'll probably end up, you know, snagging at some point on PC and playing. I don't know whether or not it'll be day one, but because I've already beaten it. But it's kind of like one of those things. I don't 
necessarily turn my consoles on anymore. Um, so having it on PC is is a is a nice option if I decide that I want to play it again. Yeah, I don't. I haven't turned on my PS4 in probably almost a year. Well, and my Xbox just, hasn't gotten that much use either because I've been mostly PC gaming. I just wish that they wouldn't wait three fucking years to put out, you know, uh, put the game out on, you know, on PC. I can understand an exclusivity of maybe like one, one and a half years, but three? Holy shit. That is nuts. Like, I honestly, I want Demon Souls right now. Right. Well, get that shit on fucking PC. That'd be nice. Ugh. I don't have anything else. I'm ready to pass out. So, all right. All right. Well, then find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash real tiltcast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage, KBG. You've got For the Love of Gaming, Picking Up the Pixels, or Pupcast with our friend John in Boston. You've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast, bad motherfuckers that they are, and TVGP.TV. They also play consoles. And with that, it is the end of the show. Peace.